Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Tasha Radel, and I'm joined by MN's Bill Werner, Brent Palm, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's happening in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, U.S. Senator Tina Smith on the 2023 Farm Bill. The holiday travel season is ramping up. The Minnesota Vikings continue their hot streak, but first. Now that the dust has, well, sort of settled from the midterm elections, the question remains, why did the much-predicted red Republican wave not materialize in Minnesota? Eminence Bill Werner tapped the knowledge bank of Minnesota's top analysts. Tasha Carleton College professor Stephen Shearer says much of the post-election analysis missed the huge resource disparity between the two political parties. The Democratic Party had at least six times the resources of the Republican Party. They were so flush with money, they were able to run uh, broadcast advertising for state Senate races uh, on television. Hamlin University professor David Schultz says in one high-profile example, the battle for control of the Minnesota Senate was won and lost in seven or eight districts in the Twin Cities suburbs. I do think, to some extent, it was the fact that um, abortion did make a difference among college-educated suburban women in those districts. I would also argue that one of the things that the pollsters fundamentally missed was the fact that the electorate content was changing, that in those suburbs especially, uh, we were seeing the exiting of more conservative voters being replaced perhaps by you know, a little bit more liberal um, or let's say maybe even more moderate younger voters you know, who are hard to track in the polls. But Schultz and Scheer do agree that an important factor was that Democrats had a lot more money than Republicans. The outcome of the midterm elections has backers saying that 2023 will be the year that recreational marijuana is legalized in Minnesota, with Democrats taking control of the legislature and Governor Tim Walz reportedly saying it will be one of the first things to pass. The focus again is on the Minnesota Senate where Democrats will have a razor-thin one-vote margin of control. Representative Mike Freiberg from Golden Valley says, I've certainly heard positive statements from individual Senate Democrats. It's a very narrow majority in the Senate, so any individual senator could play a outsized role in what it ends up looking like. But, you know, I am hopeful that we'll be able to get a good bill passed. Analysts are less certain. Hamlin University professor Schultz points out Senate Democrats with only that one-vote majority need even their members from more conservative districts to vote yes on legalizing recreational marijuana. If they don't give a pass to anybody, they're going to need all 34. That's going to be a very, very tough thing to get. And if they do insist on all of them voting that way, um, they may pay a price in four years. Another issue that is queued up for the 2023 legislative session is abortion. Top Democrats are talking about putting abortion rights guarantees into state law, even though the state Supreme Court ruling in Doe v. Gomez that legalized abortion in Minnesota survives the U.S. Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade, pro-choice forces want extra insurance. Incoming state Senate Majority Leader Carrie Deedzik said last week, I know a lot of my members did have those conversations on the door, and I have an interest in codifying Roe, so we'll, that will be one of the things that we have a discussion on. I think there is... Um, some support in our caucus for that, if not broad support. But analysts again point to Democrats' one-vote majority in the state Senate, questioning whether every rural DFLer would support abortion rights legislation. It would likely face strong opposition from Republicans in both the Minnesota Senate and the House. And following midterm elections, which far from bolstered their cause, 
pro-life groups this week launched their campaign in the small west central Minnesota town of Prinsburg to bring a Texas strategy to Minnesota, namely municipal life ordinances, which would allow anyone to sue the provider if an abortion occurred in their community. Outgoing State Representative Tim Miller, who works for Pro-Life Action Ministries, says after the Ramsey County judge's ruling and last week's election, he says there's really no way to stop abortions in Minnesota. There's just nothing legally that we can do anymore about that. The, the abortion industry just effectively has virtually total control. So this is our path by which we are going to defend those unborn. Miller says the goal is to have life ordinances in as many Minnesota communities as possible, but he says to do this right. We want the community to be fully behind this. This is not just trying to get into a community, get a city council to vote for something and pass it and move on to the next city. We want the city to embrace this. Some analysts say such ordinances would be unconstitutional under that Minnesota Supreme Court decision, Doe v. Gomez, that legalized abortion. As we mentioned, top Democratic lawmakers are talking about putting abortion rights into state law. Miller says if they do that, they would also have to pass a law to override any local ordinances, which he says would be much more difficult politically. And just as the dust from the midterm elections started to settle in Minnesota and across the nation. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. As expected, former President Donald Trump making it official in a heavily attended rally at Mar-a-Lago. In two years, the Biden administration has destroyed the U.S. economy. Just destroyed it. With victory, we will again build the greatest economy ever. Democrats responded more than 10 million new jobs have been created since President Joe Biden took office and unemployment has hit historic lows in Minnesota. With Trump in the race, Carleton College analyst Stephen Shear says the question now is, Does he get the nomination? If he does, then it is a referendum between Trump and Biden, and you may get a result very similar to 2022. Assuming Biden is is the candidate. This makes it much more likely Biden will run again. And what if Trump does not get his party's nomination? Scheer says the question then is... Does Trump divide the party with personal attacks on the nominee and make the nominee weaker. Hamlin University analyst David Schultz says the Republican Party will have a serious contest for its nomination. Donald Trump versus Florida Governor Ron DeSantis versus former Vice President Mike Pence. What we're going to find out is to what extent Trump's brand still persists. Trump-endorsed candidates did not do well. And so we're going to find out if he still is as popular with his base and the Republicans as he was, let us say, 10 days ago. Schultz says Trump's Republican rivals will argue. Trump represents a narrow base of the Republican Party of whom he also alienates independent voters and motivates Democratic voters. Electability will be the issue. And very many thanks to both Hamlin University's David Schultz and Carleton College's Stephen Shear for helping us navigate the upheaval after the midterm elections. Tasha? Thanks, Bill. Minnesota Matters is back right after this. Minnesota's electric cooperatives are dedicated to advancing beneficial electrification initiatives such as load control programs and electric vehicle charging incentives. These efforts help homes and businesses run more efficiently while having a lower impact on the environment, creating a win-win-win for consumers, energy providers, and the state's economy. This message is supported by the Minnesota Rural Electric Association, bringing power to the people of rural Minnesota. Year over year, 
the amount of drug overdose deaths in Minnesota is increasing. The rising number is driven by synthetic opioids like fentanyl and other drugs like methamphetamine and cocaine. If someone is overdosing, call 911. If you or someone you know needs help with substance abuse, talk to a healthcare provider. Learn more about what to do in case of a drug overdose from the Minnesota Academy of PAs at minnesotapa.org. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Tasha Radal. Speaking at the Minnesota Agri-Growth Agriculture and Food Summit, U.S. Senator Tina Smith, a member of the Senate Ag Committee, said she will fight for expanding rural development opportunities in the 2023 Farm Bill. The Farm Bill is traditionally a bipartisan bill, and I think that that is something I really appreciate. And it is something also that presents big opportunities for us as we think about the needs for rural development. Um, I'll be paying close attention to the rural development parts of the Farm Bill as we move towards getting this big bill written and looking for ways that we can improve the way the USDA meets the needs of folks um, in rural communities. Um, I'm talking about the deep need for reliable, high-speed broadband um, internet, um, investing in communities and economic development, um, improving access to health care, and supporting critical access hospitals in rural areas, especially for maternity care, which is a growing gap that um, families face. Um, making sure that there are places for people to live, um, particularly workforce housing. The need for access to child care, which I suspect all of the employers and all of the parents or grandparents in the room um, are well aware of as we think about the need in, um, in all of Minnesota, but especially in rural Minnesota. And of course, the need that we have, continual need that we have to figure out how to manage and have stable and even lower energy prices. So we know that there is a shortage of many of these basic needs in rural communities and that that restricts the capacity of communities to grow and to attract the talent that we need in small towns and rural places in Minnesota um, in order for us to be able to grow our economy and create the opportunity that is there for the taking. So I would really like to work with all of you on this issue of rural development in addition to the other things that I've just touched on today because I think there's a big, big opportunity here. And I appreciate also the leadership that so many of you have shown in this area, whether it is Land O'Lake and so many others that have worked on the American Connection Project, lifting up the need that we have to have a much more coordinated strategy on broadband, um, whether it's the efforts of um, companies like JBS with your Hometown Strong program to dive in and help to build and, and, and create uh, workforce housing in the communities where you work. I mean, these are the kinds of things, the kinds of investments that we need to figure out how to do better and more efficiently. And I, I want to touch on as well that um, in the face of significant labor shortages and what I sort of see of as the great retirement amongst farmers and ranchers all over the country, um, that we need to figure out what we do to support the next generation of um, farmers and ranchers, including diverse farmers. So it is a tremendously exciting time in agriculture and food, um, challenging, yes, but I think also an opportunity for us to seize on and build on the innovation 
and the leadership of the people in this room and all across Minnesota and make sure that we have good partnerships and good relationships between those of us policymakers um, in Washington, D.C., the policymakers in the state of Minnesota and all of you um, across the state, particularly in the private sector, um, who know best what is going to work because you're doing that work every single day. More Minnesota Matters coming up right after this break. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Tasha Radel. A lot of people will be going out of town for the Thanksgiving holiday, and about 60% more travelers are expected to fly this year than in 2021. Minnesota Travel Advisor Kyle Potter joins MN's Brent Palm to talk about air travel next week. Welcome to Minnesota Matters. Thousands of Minnesotans are expected to travel by vehicle or by airplane this Thanksgiving holiday. And joining me on this week's show to provide some timely information and advice is local travel expert Kyle Potter of ThriftyTraveler.com. Thanks for joining us, Kyle. Yeah, glad to be here. AAA is forecasting a big uptick in Thanksgiving travel this year. Uh, They say about 54 million Americans will head more than 50 miles from home next week. I can't ever find any Minnesota specifics on that. Do we have any estimates on Minnesota travel that you know of, Kyle? You know, I haven't seen any Minnesota-specific numbers, but I think, you know, we're going to see the same trends in Minnesota play out as, as what we're expecting nationwide, which is this is going to be, yet again, the busiest travel period that we've seen since the start of the pandemic almost three years ago. Every airline in the country, as well as the TSA, is predicting that uh, they're going to see near-pandemic-level travel. So, And certainly it's going to be, as I said, the busiest travel period, at least for air travel, um, that we've seen in almost three years. Yeah, I noticed you had some info on your website that said 60% more Americans will fly this Thanksgiving than in 2021. It has been like this every single kind of busy holiday that we get into. Every holiday sets the newest pandemic travel record, whether it was uh, Memorial Day, Labor Day, um, and now heading into Thanksgiving and Christmas. Every single time, the uh, it, it just ratchets up again, and, and that's definitely what we're going to see here again. And I think it's going to feel busier than ever, especially in airports. Are there particular days of Thanksgiving week that might be the best or worst for traveling? You know, it, it, this is a tough one because travel has changed. You know, the, the ability to work from home or work remotely has given people the freedom to kind of extend their typical Thanksgiving travel schedule. So the busiest days probably aren't quite as busy as they were before the pandemic because, you know, people who, you know, really needed to fly out on a Wednesday and return on a Saturday or a Sunday to get back to work maybe don't have to do that this time around. But that said, those really are going to be the busiest travel days. You know, the airlines and the TSA have all said, um, and the the bookings with the airlines all show that the busiest days are going to be the Tuesday and Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and then that Sunday following as people rush to get back home. You know, the biggest thing I would say is to avoid both the the biggest crowds as well as the highest prices. Um, If you can avoid flying on those days and extend your trip or, or maybe even fly home a day sooner if you need to, That's going to be the key to have the smoothest traveling experience possible. I used to go to California a lot, and we used to always get the red eye and fly out like at 11 p.m., and I'm not exaggerating. I could have the the whole row of seats to myself and lay back and take a nap. Is there a best time to fly, especially during the holidays? The days of, of banking on an empty row and room to stretch out and even having an empty middle seat, those are gone. Airplanes are fuller than they have ever been. Um, You know, while travel might not be back to 2019 levels just yet, um, the uh, just how full the planes are these days 
has surpassed where we were this time three years ago. The best thing that people can do, I think, is actually book the earliest flight possible because, you know, these days, I think the biggest concern for most travelers is not space on the plane, but whether their plane is even going to take off or arrive on time, if not get canceled. And the number one thing that people can do is book the earliest flight in the morning that they can and certainly depart before noon whenever possible. Hey, one tip that uh, I noticed you wrote about, uh, maybe to avoid some of these long lines and busy airports, or at least to get through them quickly, you're telling air travelers, pack just a carry-on bag. It is probably the single biggest time saver that uh, that you can help yourself with at the airport these days, because you know, with the people who are traveling today, especially over the holidays, it is people going on a vacation or people going to visit friends and family uh, for the holiday. And everyone and their mother and also their grandmother is checking a bag, if not two. So that means that the biggest bottleneck in the airport is, is often not the airport security line. It's the line to actually drop off and check in a bag. So if you can skip all that and just walk into the airport and walk straight into the security line, you're saving yourself a lot of time, not to mention the prospect of a bag getting lost or you know having to wait at the carousel for 20, 30, 45 minutes uh, for your bag to actually come down from the plane so you can, you know, head off to where you need to go. You know, I think now more than ever, um, being able to pack into a carry-on, especially for one of these shorter domestic trips, you don't need to pack in a check bag. I promise you, you can fit everything you need into a carry-on bag. Hey, last thing, Kyle, how early should somebody arrive? If you're flying during the holiday week... Oh, that's the that's a million dollar question, isn't it? You know, I think if if you are checking a bag, especially during these busy holiday periods, you need to give yourself more time. That doesn't mean you know three plus hours ahead of your departure time, but you know, I would say certainly two, maybe even two and a half. If you if you hear on the hear or see on the news that you know your local airport is is having some trouble getting people through the lines and into the gates, you know, that said, it, it just depends. You know, if if it's a early Monday or Sunday morning. These are always busy times. Um, you might need to give yourself some extra time. If you're departing in, you know, the, the mid-afternoon on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, generally speaking, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of an hour and a half to two hours is, is more than enough to give yourself the comfort. But again, you know, it, it just depends on, on how much you're willing to risk. And, and my motto for, for these things is always it's better safe than sorry. The, the only thing that's worse than getting to the airport too early and having to kill time in the terminal is missing your flight. If our listeners want to check out your website, uh, where do they go? You can head to uh, thriftytraveler.com. We are publishing stories and guides every single day to help people make sense of this crazy world of air travel. Thanks to Kyle Potter of Thrifty Traveler for giving us some tips and other good info for the Thanksgiving holiday week. Thanks a bunch, Kyle, and safe travels to you. Thanks, you too. Thanks, Brent. Vikings fans, stay tuned. More Minnesota Matters right after this. We asked kids what it took to be a dad. This is what they had to say. A father is always present. I mean, what what real father figure can you have if they're not there? In order to be a good dad, you need to love, love your son. You need to put gas in your car so you don't break down in the middle of nowhere. And you need to make them breakfast. Yep. I mean, just to maybe um, play like a board game with me or to just stay home and play um, some video games with me. Just to do like that one little thing is what I really look forward to. I'm not asking him to be a perfect dad, but he should try. He's just a constant force in my life. There's no other type of love like a dad's love because it's not comparable to anything else. 
Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Tasha Radal. The 8-1 Vikings have certainly captured the attention of football fans in Minnesota and across the country. Last week's overtime win in Buffalo took on additional significance when the video of Vikings radio play-by-play man Paul Allen went viral. The late-game radio call of Allen caught the attention of a lot of people, including LeBron James. Eminent Sports Director Mike Grimm spoke with the man they call P.A. about the week that was. P.A., have you ever had any experience like this? I know you've been through a lot of great games, a lot of great calls, but uh, you, my friend, have gone viral here in the last seven days. It uh, Well, the way, the way the Bills game went, 33-30 in overtime, it... Um, I mean, you, you, if you think about games that you've called over your career, you know, so I'm doing a lot of interviews this week and stuff with, with national entities, and they're all of them are like, outside of the playoffs, is that the the best game you've ever called? And it might be. Uh, this one definitely was unbelievable. And, you know, then the uh, the social media-related, um, uh, not fallout, but um, uh, items. Impact or how, Impact yeah. items, whatever that had popped up. Pat McAfee, former punter in the NFL, Barstool Sports, ESPN, LeBron James tweeting at me, <laughs> Kyle Kuzma, another basketball player tweeting at me. It's very humbling. Uh, it's very, very humbling. And, um, you know, hopefully the radio station for whom I work, the team and uh, other entities uh, get uh, get a lot uh, get a lot of enjoyment out of this yeah. because I'm theirs. That's what I do. And um, people seem to like it. No doubt. No doubt. And that I think the thing that captured everyone's imagination was the colorful nature, one in which you always describe a game. Hmm. So we've heard it forever. Yeah. And, and this has happened before where they've tweeted out photos of, of you and Pete going crazy yeah. on different calls. But uh, when all of a sudden Barstool Sports and Sports Illustrated and all these people yeah. that have a million followers start tweeting out LeBron James is reacting and Pat McAfee and, mm-hmm. and all that, um, I think the visual has added to, right, has added to the, uh, to, to, to the right. reaction. Right. Well, there's no doubt. And, and you know, it, it being a person of the Bible mm-hmm. and a person who studies scripture every single day, uh, like I put out in a tweet, is God gets all the glory for the way I speak, the eloquence with which I speak, the following that I have, and the way I'm guided in all facets of my life. So I was very uncomfortable when all of this blew up, that I was getting too much attention, mm-hmm. and A, that I was getting too much attention. So I went on Twitter and, you know, and, and I put a Philippians, I believe chapter two, like verse, verse verses three to eight out there just to let people know there are a lot of new people. I mean, I've gained like 8,000 Twitter followers in less than a day. Yeah. So I just wanted to let all my new friends on social media know this is my identity. It is that of the Bible. And everything, all the secular shine that comes out of it is great, but it's granted by God to further advance the gospel and further advance what my life is really all about away from the microphones. Then um, then uh, the morning after, I wake up and there's a tweet from LeBron James saying, Paul Allen, you're a national treasure. And I'm like, wow, it's just not stopping. <laughs> but it's good it's not stopping because God continues to build the following right. for truly the, uh, the reasons for which I and many people live. You know, and then I started to think, well, I mean, the team's eight and one. So, you know, I, I felt kind of weird pulling attention away from the team. So I called somebody over there, talked to them about it, and they're like, no, nah, it's all good, man. If anything, we're proud of you. Yeah. And it makes us, it, it's a layer that, that we previously didn't have. 
and maybe it takes attention off the team up to a big game. So I'm sure. like, amen. Yeah, it was amazing. It was so I actually was home here in the Twin Cities, and once the game started getting close again, I'm watching on TV, and then I get on the app because I got I got to hear PA, mm-hmm. and um, and the TV was just a tick ahead. So it mm-hmm. actually for for however it worked with me, whatever the processing was. Yeah. Um. So it was actually cool because I saw what happened, and then I get to listen to right. how you're going to describe it, and it was just awesome the emotion. Um. And Sometimes as radio guys, we script stuff. We have, you know, whether like I do an open that I write out ahead of time. Usually, then after that, for yep. me, it's it's just all whatever pops in. So this was all. None of this was like this is just all emotional off the well, cuff. But the beauty of it is, Grimmer, is that well, there's a camera in the Vox box, the booth, every single game, right? For those highlights in case we win, or for ancillary things, Vikings.com does. Uh, but the beauty of it is, is I always forget there's a camera in there, sure. and clearly in that booth in Buffalo, I I had no idea. Idea camera was in there. Completely forgot. You know, I'm looking down at Cousins trying to get in. C.J. Ham pushing him. You know, then I cross my arms like grumpy old man, and I'm like, "You lucky suckers." Yeah, that's the great know? line because I'm just living it. I'm just living it because yes. I'm so bit by this team. And if you ask anybody around the radio station for which I work, and and some of my friends with the Vikings, that that has not been the case with me over the last five years. Where I mean, I've done this 21 years, and quite honestly, Grimmer. I could take or leave that job over the last five years because a lot of things had changed. And uh, But that's not the case anymore. It's the childlike joy the head coach and a lot of the players display really, really has has bitten my heart. It's great. More so than the 8-1. and one. It's just so few things live up to the hype in life, man. Yeah. And you hear a lot of things like prize fights or big sporting events or whatever. So I hear a lot of things, and I'm old school like you. I hear a lot of things into the season. I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. Well, the majority of them are coming true with, with changes that needed to be made. And that just really, really moves me, and I'm having an unbelievable time. Yeah, and you've kind of are the orchestra of the fan base in a sense, right? You're 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 like, give it to us. You mm-hmm. want the safety. Give it. I mean, that was a, that was a brilliant line, too, because that's what – Every single person yeah. wearing purple on that Sunday was right. saying, but Come see, on. He didn't get out of there. He didn't get out. He did not get out. That's the safety. Give it to us. Give us the safety. Look at what's taking so long. Oh, the ball came hey, out. Down. Yes, the are Vikings. Are you kidding me? The Vikings are going to win. Are you kidding me? Yes, drop that ball, Josh Allen. That ball came loose. It's awesome talking you know? to you about stuff like that because, like you said, you craft an open. I listen to you every single week. I know you craft an open, but I can't tell you're reading. And you're setting the stage beautifully. I have little Vikings cards for Vikings offense one, Vikings defense two. So I'll get two plays, then the analyst will come in. So like with the Cowboys this weekend, here comes the Cowboys defense. They lead the NFL in sacks and um, are propelled by second-year linebacker Micah Parsons, the only player in the NFL with four games and multiple sacks. First down from the 25. So I have that committed to memory now, but other than that, the give us the safety or did he get in? Did signal? I mean, none of that <laughs> yes. is crafted or right. scripted. It's just the way God guides the moment. I'm just really, really overwhelmed to be part of it. You have a podcast. Let's get that out there, too, that I know you're, right in on. fact, going to go record one here as soon as you're done talking to me. Yeah, I started it last year. It's called Faith and Goal. And, um, you know, last year through the 25, I did. I mean, I would have Kirk Cousins on it, his father, Don, who's a pastor, James Brown uh, from CBS, some, some Adam Thielen, some big spot uh, individuals who are Christians. But the 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 show it, it was like football and faith. 
And, it, you know, when I listen back to some of them, I'm like, well, wh- what is it? Are we are we talking Viking season or are we talking faith, Christ, and the gospel? So I changed it this year, and it's straight gospel. It is straight. Um, it's straight scripture. It's teaching. And um, it's what I've learned over really the last four years. And there may be a little tiny bit of football, but uh, it's called Faith and Goal. And uh, you can find it via the free iHeartRadio app. That's Paul Allen with MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm here on Minnesota Matters. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Minnesota Matters. Be sure to join us again next week on this MNN affiliate station. Same time, same place. From all of us here at MNN, have a great Thanksgiving week.